0: Hey, hey friends, I'm Thea Charles, and you are listening to the Push or Pivot podcast. In this series, we discuss the path someone chooses when they are at a crossroads of their life. Do they push through the adversity, or do they stop, reassess, and pivot? Our guest is multi-passionate creative Diana Joy. She shares how she decided that being one-dimensional was not for her and embraced all her talents. So welcome Joy to the Pusher Pivot. I'm really excited to talk with you today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm very excited as well.
0: Yeah. um, Before we jump into everything, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. So my name is Joy. That's my middle name. My first name is Diana, but it has an apostrophe in it and people tend to mispronounce it. And also the internet does not love apostrophes. Uh, it tends to reject them. So I go by my middle name, which is Joy. And that's that's a good descriptor for my personality as well. I'm kind of optimistic and outgoing by default and also very outspoken and highly creative. So I am a multi-passionate creative, which means that I not only have many interests, but I have a lot of raw talent and I can adapt and learn things quickly. And I have this inherent desire to share all of these gifts at some point in my journey. And knowing that is a gift and it can also feel like a burden. So I've been on a personal journey and now I'm educating uh, my community as well on how do you take something that feels like it can hinder you and, and use it to empower your journey. So I started my my path into being an empowered, multi-passionate creative by starting a blog. So I launched a blog uh, three years ago now called Joy Knows How. And the reason I called it that was because I knew with this blog, I didn't want to choose a single area of focus right away. Mm -hmm. I wanted this blog to feature all the things that I know how to do. So that's how it got its name. And I blogged about food, plants, home decor, personal thoughts, sharing my own personal growth stories. And one day I wrote a blog post called it's time to start celebrating multi-passionate creatives. Mm-hmm. And up to that point, I always preface kind of, um, the foundation of my blog as being a space for me to share my many gifts without restraint. Mm -hmm. But that was the first blog post that I wrote about that, about that struggle, about why I felt like our society needs to, you know, adapt to the fact that not everyone's going to niche down out of the womb, you know? Right. Um, And when I wrote that post and shared it, it, the response was so powerful. People messaged me and still to this day. Uh, find that post and and send me messages. And sometimes they'll be in tears or say it's the first time they've, you know, heard anyone really advocate for their unique type of creativity, or maybe they had never heard, heard the term multi-passionate before. And so as I got feedback from that blog post and feeling into how good it felt to write it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: wanting to keep going, wanting to keep talking about that subject, I, I leaned into it. And so... Fast forward three years later, and now I am an educator and a community builder and content creator, and I'm still blogging (laughs) Um, in the multi-passionate creative space. So uh, my goal is to really shift the narrative for anyone who feels frazzled or all over the place or they can't commit or they're not able to focus and begin to help the multi-passionate community see that it's not that you can't focus but maybe there's a more holistic view of focus that you haven't quite been introduced to yet it's not that you're all over the place but maybe you're at a very pivotal point in your journey where you're figuring it out and just you know creating more inclusiveness and adding some more perspective to the multi-passionate journey so that's uh where i am now and and Personally, a few other fun facts. I have a a really cute uh, dog named Chai, who I rescued from oh. Thailand. He's,
0: oh, that's awesome!
1: He's great. Um, I play the ukulele. I love to hula hoop. I love to garden, um, and yeah, that's that's me.
0: That wild wow, joy. I love how you're talking about discovering that you had all these multi-passionate things and I think that's that's something that's really hard for a lot of people even for myself like you think you have to have that one thing what's the one thing when we're not one-dimensional people how did you I guess did you ever have a have a time where you felt like you had to have that one thing
1: yes all throughout my 20s I'm 31 now Um, and all throughout my twenties, I think all of us in our twenties have this sense of like, okay, who am I going to be in the world? What am I going to do? What is the next, you know, 15, the next 20 years look like. And during that time, I always felt an immense pressure from myself as well as from very well-meaning family members to hunker down and choose that one thing. Um, a great example of that is I'm a musician. I sing and I compose music and I play the ukulele. And so a lot of people in my family would say, you're so talented at that. Why don't you pursue that? You know, And, and it created a lot of, um, I would say almost like analysis paralysis. I, mm-hmm. I would be paralyzed by having to make the choice. Mm-hmm. And the result of that feeling of feeling like I wasn't going to be successful until I knew exactly what that one thing was. And I could go dive really deep into it. That feeling actually really held me back from making any choices for a long time. Mm -hmm. So I would kind of start this, get my toes in a little bit, learn a little bit about it. And then I would lose interest or I would feel like there was another part of my personality or my passions that, were collecting dust, and I would feel bad about that. So, all throughout my twenties, I really, really struggled. Um, I started my blog when I was twenty-eight, and that was really the beginning of my journey. And even that, you know, I I still didn't know what I wanted to do. The only thing I knew at that point was, I'm gonna take this knowledge that I have, and I'm gonna start a blog. And and you know, that was all I knew. I knew I needed to create my own platform um to share in a way that was authentic to me but for a long time and most multi-passionate creatives who are listening who, who can resonate with this we really do part of our journey is that pressure it's like almost being in a pressure cooker like you feel so um you feel pr- there's no, there's not a better word mm-hmm. than pressure you feel that pressure that intense pressure not only from maybe well-meaning people in your life but like from society at large as well telling you that success looks like being a master of your craft and really, really honing in. And that pressure can cause a couple of things, right? Pressure creates diamonds, but it can also create an eruption, an explosion, Mm -hmm. like a, you know, enough is enough. I'm tired of this. And sometimes that can create the effect where you'll choose the opposite. And in my case, that's what happened for me. I I chose the opposite.
0: Wow. And I, I love how you made that very visual everyone can, can relate to that. And I know I can. Um, So what are some things that you tell multi-passionate people now to help them?
1: So many things. The first thing that I always share in my community is that there is nothing inherently wrong with having many passions and having many outlets and having raw talent. Um, It's, it's really upsetting when i see multi-passionate creatives almost being ashamed to be good at so many things Mm. Um, when truly they've been given a lot of gifts and they may not be put on the earth to only live out one of those there may be different points in your journey where that gift is more so in the spotlight but it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to express it so There are several analogies that I use to communicate this with my community, and I'll I'll share a few now in case anyone listening resonates. So here are some fun ways that I like to explain the multi-passionate experience. So one way to look at being a multi-passionate creative is to think of it as your creativity as a whole as being a large house. And within that house, there are many different rooms. Just because you enter one of the rooms doesn't mean that you've left your whole house behind. It simply means you're spending time in that space. There's something in that space that called you that needs your attention. And then you can exit the room. And you can leave the door open. It's an open invitation to go back there anytime. time. And you can enter a different room. And then you can enter another room. Then you have common spaces where, you know, things gather and they overlap. So that's one analogy to think of your creativity, almost as like rooms in a house. You still have ownership over the entire house, but you can choose which room to be in at which time. Another really helpful analogy that resonates because it's so simple is thinking of your creativity as a production, as a play where you are the director. Mm -hmm. And so you have a starring cast, you have the supporting cast, you have the costume designer, you have the person selling tickets to the door, you have people who come and clean up the theater. You have so many elements that go into that final production and all of them are key components. And as the director of that play, the play that is your abundant creativity, you get to decide, okay, who is the starring role? Who is the supporting role? Who is the understudy? You know, is there someone who really deserves spotlight, who hasn't gotten it? And that's a really helpful way to think about your creativity as well. Another way to think about it, and this is even more simple, is to simply say, all of your passions have a seat at the table, even if they're not all talking at one time. Mm -hmm. So I think that the reason that's helpful is because sometimes when I'm teaching my, my methods, or I'm giving a word of encouragement, it can be, it can come across that what I'm saying is to do everything at once, and good luck with that. And like, who needs sleep, you'll figure it out. But that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is to embrace your creativity and make empowered choices from the space of knowing that you are multi-passionate, whether you're sharing all of your passions, whether you're still working on some of them and sharing others. It's about having this foundational confidence in knowing who you are so that you don't allow outside forces to cause you to dim that light, which is, which is what I did, you know, up until okay. age 28. So I like to offer these analogies because it can help someone to look at their creativity as something that can be integrated instead of, instead of this more um, mutually exclusive, either you are doing everything or you're doing one thing, right? Like all the things, hashtag all the the things, things. or, you know, and I guess the opposite would be someone who's a specialist and, and niched all the way down, but that's not, what the human experience is. There's always Mm -hmm. so much room in between, you know, these extremes. So, yeah.
0: And so much of your experience helps you with the next thing. So Mm -hmm. like for me, like I grew up as a musician, I was a musician in school and then I went off to other things and did other things and now I'm coming back to it. But I feel like all the different experiences that I have and all the things that I was good at brought me to this next level of person. It's like, you know, you're not a one-dimensional person. And I, I just, I love those analogies that you gave. It's such a clear picture, yeah. Um, if you could give people one piece of advice, what would that be?
1: My one piece of advice depends on the nature of the advice. If it was just maybe how to have more confidence in yourself as a multi-passionate person, my one piece of advice would be to embrace wherever you are on the journey. So many multi-passionates are in what I call little cup phase. So I have another. I really do speak in a lot of analogies and realize. I love that. it. I love <laughs> I painting another, a picture. <laughs> I have another theory that I developed, and it. it's so simple. It's called the Joy knows how FroYo method. Okay. Um, and it, it just centers around going into a froyo shop. The first thing you do is you grab a small taster cup and you sample things out, you know, and no one judges you for not walking directly in, grabbing your big cup and getting one flavor and leaving, you know, no mm-hmm. one's in a froyo shop going, oh my gosh, you want to try things first? What is this? You know, how shameful you'll never be successful. No one's saying those things. So my piece of advice would be embrace whatever stage you're in rather than thinking I'm all over the place, I don't know what to do, you know, what am I going to do? What's my one thing? Maybe you're in little cup phase, maybe you're meant to be tasting things and figuring things out and coming up with your magical combination. And that's okay. So many of us get so stuck wanting to move to the next phase that we miss the journey and we miss all of that. Like you said, the life experiences that get you ready for that next element. So my number one piece of advice would be embrace embrace and appreciate where you are instead of focusing on maybe what you haven't accomplished yet. Really get into a space of being okay and feeling gratitude for what you have accomplished in whatever phase of life that you're currently in.
0: Yeah. Gratitude and being in the moment and enjoying where you are right now, knowing that's where you're supposed to be at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Joy, this has been so nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. How can people find, more, find out more about you? Uh,
1: you can find me over at joyknowshow.com, and each word has a hyphen. So joy, J-O-I hyphen knows hyphen how.com. You can also find me over on Instagram at joyknowshow with a period in between each word and you can find me on facebook so i have a facebook group exclusively for multi-passionate creatives and it's such a wonderful place where we come to connect i do a lot of live trainings there and i share whatever courses i have coming up or any other content there as well and it's called the creative abundance tribe over on facebook and it's a free community
0: Oh, that's beautiful. So I hope everyone goes over there and checks it out, and I'll definitely have your website in the show notes. And Joy, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Absolutely. My complete pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: What did you take away from Joy's story? Will you embrace all your talents? I'm Thea Charles, and I hope you gain insight from the story and that you'll share this podcast with a friend. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review The Push or Pivot on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast platform. To stay up to date with The Push or Pivot and to join our mailing lists, visit us on the web at pusherpivot.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Push or Pivot. Thank you for listening and join me next time on The Push or Pivot Podcast.